So welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, a.k.a. Jote Moniak, and I have a very special guest. Go ahead. All right, go. Jump in. Just jump in. <laughs> and I'm Sage, a.k.a. Staff of Sage. Nice. You were ready. I knew you would be ready. And Sage, I invited you because you have been one of the most magical people that I've followed lately. I mean that in every, in every conceivable way, <laughs> because today we have been inspired and we've hinted at it before. Celeste and I have dabbled, um, but my skills and knowledge of magic, the gathering is somewhat limited as is Celeste. So I thought I would bring someone on much more versed in this realm and the forgotten realms, because we're going to focus on the latest set that I spent a lot of money on for a person that doesn't play magic. Um, <laughs> oh, there's so easy. Yeah. There are some amazing, amazing cards and what we both believe are some really fun things to do with D and D with the latest set of magic, the gathering entitled adventures in the forgotten realms. I also think that by now that's not true. Is, is it still the latest set or did it is as we are literally recording it right now. It okay. still is. Um, but coming up in next week is the official release of our new set, which takes place in a very spooky Barovia-esque environment. Okay. <laughs> Got it in under the wire. Great. Great. <laughs> we did it. We did it. Yes. We they, like, they really like printing money. We talked off, off air. They like printing money. But this set will what I believe give us gold for a really long time. I'm going to let you kind of introduce the idea that you had because we had a really hard time finding out what the idea should be because there are so many. So it is most likely that we'll just use those in a later episode. Nice. Yeah. So lots and lots of ideas. Um, I think one of the things that I love the most about this set is that the flavor um, that is infused in these cards is absolutely done from a top-down design so that designers who are making these magic cards were coming in with the idea of we want to make every card feel as D&D as possible and really infuse that magic of the Forgotten Realms into each card. And they have done that even on the basic lands, which are, you know, the most common, like, you know, just like throwaway card, which usually have really beautiful art. But, you know, you're just kind of like, mostly kind of like, eh. I already have my basics, um, but on each of the basic lands, they have a different like quest hook or a couple of lines about, you know, something in the Forgotten Realms that I find like reading them. I find them like really inspiring. So I think like looking at some of these and we can come up with like ideas for like how that could be a quest hook for like an adventure, for like a one shot or for the next encounter that like a party could face. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there are so many options for having these lands available and the pieces that are on them because i also think of what does your downtime look like so mm -hmm. you're between sessions so you just pull one of these random lands and kind of talk about that or you often what i've done to kind of motivate and put a group together in that first session is talking about where they just were mm. and pull it pulling a basic land and being like this is where you were if they're not you know if they're not feeling the inspiration there, like you, like you said, there's lines of text ready to inspire. <laughs> so, I think we should just lift the mental weights right now. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me, 
lift these weights. How about you pull a land first and okay. we will go from there? All right. Would you like a plains, an island, a swamp, a mountain, or a forest? Plains. All right. Let's do, let's look at this one. Seeking to learn why the ancestors have fallen silent, you've made your way to their ancient cairns. Who, like, who are these, who are these ancestors? And then the fun thing is also pulling that card. I think my brain goes, okay, which player character does this mean the most to? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. There would be, I'm trying to think of my own table, which is quite the ragtag bunch. That's why it's a little bit <laughs> difficult. Um, but the cleric, I mean, the, I would think the cleric. And then starting to bat, reverse engineer all those things. Or I think about a group patron. Mm-hmm. So then is the whole party immediately invested in, in this? Like your group patron has gone silent. What are you going to do? Yeah, absolutely. I think for like for one of my characters that I play in a game that Celeste runs, Aoife, she's a satyr. And she's going on this personal adventure to try and like head to the Fey Wilds to reach out with like and connect with like the more sort of like primal satyrs who are more in touch with like the Fey courts and everything. And so like for me personally, I, I read that I'm like, oh man, like these ancient like ancient fairy Fey infused like satyrs of like uh they've like they've fallen silent. What is like do that does that mean literally? Does that mean that they're not talking specifically not talking or withholding information as well? Yeah, because silence can mean a lot of things because I think about the difference between the silent treatment and mm-hmm. true silence. Yeah, I think like a, like a, a group, like a group of council elders, like they have removed their voice from a conversation and being like having to make or like not giving a an opinion on a sort of like a issue that's facing for like a town or whatever and having to make this personal journey or like homage to go out or like pilgrimage and talk to them and to see why they've like rescinded their uh their blessing or their uh opinions so good also your accent for the satyr is magical as well so (laughs) thank you uh I actually got to see Celeste recently, and I will tell you, just as I told her, I am always caught up on one Fincher Maidens. So (laughs) at most, I will ever be one episode behind. Um, I love it. Okay. So I will pull one. I'm going to pull at random. So I have a stack of like 10. I'm not even going to look. Or well, okay. How many cards in should I go? Uh, Seven. Which... There, there is a part of me that is most pleased because I have also pulled a basic planes, but you've traced the tangents in ten towns to the dwindling reindeer populations. But what has been hunting them? Because I feel like we just went from planes of grass, like you know these either lush greens or depending on the time of year that that like washed out yellow to mm-hmm. literally ice, just random ice-filled plains so the question posed is what could be hunting them i think i mean there are no there is no shortage of dangerous things that could be dwindling reindeer populations in icewind dale for one i definitely think um because the ice contains so many like dark and spooky horrors like i can imagine uh, the people who have become these sort of like ice zombies and who would would like to feed on human or like 
humanoid flesh, but they just have to have had to subsist with reindeer uh, in the meantime. Ooh. Or cults who are sacrificing uh, reindeer in order to try and please Oral because she has been like, no, no, no. Only cold forevermore. Oh, that's, I mean, both are fantastic, especially the idea of almost depending on the scale that you want the whole conversation to start being about is you solve the problem, you you move on, you pull another card, and that's great. But you could also have that start to be the catalyst for a campaign in are they just dwindling that population to hurt the human population mm. or just dwindling the population to like be made aware and draw that human population in because what if they're just trying, I mean, I also, <laughs> my brain, it's a great place and it's an awful place sometimes, but I thought of like making zombie reindeers. Yeah. But then, but they're, they're like, wow, this isn't that great. So we want to try and draw more human humans in <laughs> so we can conscript more into this undead frozen army. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And then, yeah, as a, as a legion to expand Oral's influence from uh, where she is primarily contained in this sort of frozen North. And what if, mm-hmm. what if she's looking to expand that? Oh yeah. And then, and you can only do it with, with more people, more, more people on her side. That's good. Okay. Let's pull, let's pull another one. All right. Let's see here. Um, let's go for do a little shuffle. This one. As your ship clears the edge of Waterdeep Harbor, you notice pirate sails on the horizon. Who has or what has made them so bold? So my first thought is not is to like really turn it on its head. What if they're afraid? And then my thought is, what would they then be afraid of? Not Mm. that they're necessarily being being more malicious, but it is instead fear that motivates them to come to waters. They know they well they that they certainly shouldn't. Yeah, they have they've seen something on the on on their journey on the waters, and they are coming in requesting aid. Um, for they've taken like a bunch of casualties because, I mean, my my brain is always like a cult did it because you know kraken cults uh who were you know looking to yeah take over islands and like unseat these pirate lords and steal their treasure hordes to give to the to the the behemoths of the death of the depths yeah well i also think just in in that in that way that that cult cares little for good bad or anything in between that any ship is potentially a threat because mm-hmm. it can go farther out into the waters and so just any ship at all let's let's tear it like you said tear it down pull it into the depths maybe it's got good stuff on it maybe it doesn't we just need it to be kindling that's all <laughs> yeah and so then yes yeah, seeking seeking out refuge and then also flying their own colors because they don't want to be misinterpreted like no no we are pirates but we we, we have yeah yeah oh that's good recognize okay. that <laughs> i pulled extra ones i really like this one so i'm just gonna pull it do it do it what does it say okay it's an island and it says in crystal studded waters far below the surface, you've discovered an incubating egg of mysterious origin. Ooh. And so this is, I think I already hinted at it, but like, this is the part that intrigues me the most with these is when I said Island, I certainly didn't in, like in my head imply that it would be something far underground, 
but here we are. So now we have an <laughs> underground island surrounded with a crystalline cave and an incubating egg on it. Oh, I'm my first impulse is like like a like a quaddles egg, and mm. that uh, one of you know your party discovers it, and depending on how they care for it, like it'll hatch no matter what. But depending on how much they've cared for it, will determine like when the quaddle is born of like what kind of uh, boon they might be granted uh, as a result. Oh, that's good. I mean, it's certainly in nature. Start to walk down that nature nurture road and figuring out that, yeah, the incubation process being what defines that egg. I don't know. Again, that mean part of me thinks about it being whatever they killed recently. <laughs> and now you have the moral quandary of yeah. finding that egg and what what should we do? Because I, the other one I thought of was a deep dragon where it's like a psychic version of a dragon so that yeah. it is it's not it's not this unthinking creature certainly it could be evil certainly it could have walked a road to be slain by the party because it would have done nothing but slay them or um enslave them but then now figuring out what to do with this this incubating egg in front of them mm-hmm. yeah it's very cool and yeah depending on whether they and if they just take it and are like, oh, someone on the black market would definitely pay a very good mm-hmm. price for it. And that creature gets born. Maybe it knows that it was passed off. Maybe it learns that it was its you know parents were killed by this adventuring party and is now going to later come back for revenge once it's fully grown. And why well, also thought of what if the party decides to leave? Yeah, they just leave it the, there. Like the way that it, it, it almost described is. Yeah, an incubating egg of mysterious origin, almost as if the area that it's in is self-sufficient inside that incubation process. Mm. I also, because I think about, this is this is super random. I don't think I've ever brought this up on the podcast, but so my mom has chickens and to like have the kids learn kind of about that process is we actually took some of the fertilized eggs home and mm-hmm. put them inside of an incubator. And so oh, then they just, very cool. you know, in a way, unnaturally incubated through that process. And sure enough, one day we had eggs and then the next morning we had chickens <laughs> or, uh, or baby, baby chicks that are now full size chickens that are laying their own eggs. But I think about the idea of like they just walk, assuming that it'll kind of just resolve itself mm-hmm. only for it to come back later of no, you left me there. And I love the idea of being completely aware of what happened. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. That's very cool. Okay, okay. Let's both pull one more. What if we... Okay, for this final pull, we'll both pull one. Okay. And then read them off and then figure out how, they, how they're how they directly tied to each other. Ooh, I like it. I like it. I like yep. it. All right, all right. I'm going to do a big shuffle. Ooh, all right. Okay. I've got one. What in the world? Okay, I got one. <laughs> So one of my biggest gripes, and it, it's not really a thing we can change, but one of my biggest gripes is like, the art is so beautiful, but it's so small. Yeah, yeah. It's so, yep. so small. And that's why I usually try and like, sometimes if I really like a piece, and this is great advice for anybody like trying to do this, trying to find the artist, trying to find the piece and trying to get a more high, especially go through art station. A lot of them are on there, um, but trying to find a more um, high resolution piece to kind of work off of because these are mighty small oh yeah definitely because on the bottom of each magic card the artist name is written at the bottom and so i have my favorite magic artist one of them being said mckinnon who makes these very sort of ethereal and swirly but dark fantasy um kinds of vibes with these uh sort of like the meeting of like nature and like 
yeah, with this sort of like weird kind of fleeting vibe to it. It's yeah, absolutely beautiful. But then yeah, taking you generally taking card name, high res is definitely definitely mm-hmm. easy way. Yep. Okay. Venturing beneath the desert sands, you've discovered an alien power pulsing with inconceivable energy. Oh snap. All right. This 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 one. Uh let's see. We have a swamp and it says as a plague ravages the world above, you've made your way into the underdark in search of a fungal panacea. Whoa. I almost feel like that those two combined is that alien power pulsing with inconceivable energy being the cause of what happened on the surface mm-hmm. to start the quest into the underdark only to find like this desert area in the underdark. Ooh, what does an underground desert look like? That's yeah. very cool. I like it instead of like instead of like the usual like crushed up rocks and sand like you would expect to find at a beach. Like I imagine like a uh, an under like an under dark desert having just quartz crystal dust and like the dust from like stalagmites and stalactites mm-hmm. like crushed so finely down. So everything has a sort of like glittering quality to it it's like as their lanterns catch the light as they're traversing through these winding sandy caverns i feel i don't know i feel like you're bringing out the mean streak in me i know you described something so <laughs> beautiful and then i immediately thought like yes but that means it's that much more deadly exactly the idea, <laughs> the, the idea that it would be that quartz and then having that moment of the wind picking up and it just being devastating but also you know that that better dm style if you will is give them some clues instead of just murder of just almost watching things get ripped apart as that wind starts to come towards them again remaining just like beautiful like this cascading light especially like even the idea that it becomes more beautiful because now this like mist of quartz is in the air just refracting all of their light and then just devastating anything in its path oh yeah like like look like this like shining like shimmering waterfall that just immediately Mm -hmm. like suffocates everything that it find that it meets in its wake yeah then you start to go down the the what what makes things alien and going with like i think of quartz elementals or things like that or more of that disembodied sort of thing because Mm -hmm. you know that is the theory in in the real world is that you know we all think of the little green person that is the alien Mm -hmm. but the likelihood that we would just find life and it just be single cell organisms or something that transcends our own reality as carbon-based beings um that's also what i think of when i think of alien and adding it in especially Mm -hmm. to a desert in the underdark (laughs) a desert in the underdark oh one of my favorite complete tangent one of my favorite episodes of star trek is when they encounter uh, in the next generation is when they encounter the fractal creatures and they realize that they're sentient and they're like trying to, you know, communicate with them and understand them. And they end up blowing them up, even mm-hmm. though Data's like, no, is it? It's the it's the one that looks like like the icicle creatures, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I watched so much TNG as a child. It, it's all burned in there. Um, oh, yeah. I think about rewatching it and that first season always gets me. I'm like, Oh man, you guys should really go to acting school. And then if it was like after the second season, I'm like, Oh man, I think you guys actually went to acting school. Good job. (laughs) Keep it up. Okay. So if 
you liked that, if you liked what you heard, you can always head over to your podcatcher of choice um, and leave us a rating and review. But of course, the ultimate gym dues is to go find someone that you think would enjoy the show and tell them about it. That is by far and away the best thing you could do for us to get our names out there. And if you want to email us at dmnastics at gmail.com is the place to do it. And of course, if you head over to Twitter, you can find the show at dmnastics, me at Joe Moniak, and sage at at staff of sage and of course everything else on this network you can find out at blockpartypodcastnetwork.com a huge thank you to the bards over on bombarded for our intro and outro music you can find more about bombarded at bombardedcast.com okay and as celeste and i do every episode there's no need to work out alone so check out this amazing lifting partner it's the DMNastic gym and you're lifting the thing but sometimes you need help it's your lifting partner Okay, you're up. You have a lifting partner and I am ready because I don't know who you're going to say, which which makes me just like a listener. Who, well, I guess like a listener who can then talk on the mic, which is not the same. <laughs> uh, so a lifting partner that I definitely want to shout is Norden Ali Kadir. Um, we recently had him on the pod gym that Penwood Studios put on as uh, when we did a panel together about how to do horror. And so uh, Norden is a sensitivity editor um, in the TTRPG space and is also a great role player who does like D&D and other systems of tabletop RPGs. And they he's just a really cool guy to be able to talk about, you know, um, about about horror, about intersectionality, about uh breaking down and unpacking you know harmful tropes in especially in like a fantasy or tabletop space and is a real cool real cool person you should follow him at werewolf fields on twitter whoa i was not ready i was not ready for at werewolf fields at all (laughs) this whole time i was just like i really do wonder how to spell that first name whoa werewolf fields never mind won't need to know that um it's it's now become irrelevant information and i will tell you that norden has gotten at least one new follower from that conversation that that's awesome uh so we'll have a link to that twitter um but we'll also have a link to that uh segment from pod jam that way you can check yes. that out um that way you can get a better feel for the content that he is making um so that you can send him another follower perfect Thank you for that. And with that, we're going to turn out the lights and head out of the gym. But before we go, I want to implore you, the listener, to join the forums, the Discord, Twitter, and anywhere else you can find us and take part in these challenges, exercises, and other amazing conversations being had. To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some DMnastics so your players don't have to ask, do you even lift? <laughs>